Hey friends, it's Coley. Welcome to another episode of Still With You. I am so thankful for you taking a moment out of your day to join us. This week marks one of the most wonderful times of the year, college football. If you have been following me for any amount of time in the past two years, then you know my story of moving to the South and falling in love with this game. And today on the show, I am honored and so excited to be speaking with Austin Reed, quarterback for the University of West Florida Argonauts. And one of the things that I admire most about Austin is that his life is rooted in one five-word declaration. I am nothing without Jesus. Through interviews with the press, posts on social media, and relationships with others on and off the field, this 2019 NCAA Division II national champion does not hold back in sharing his faith. However, Austin's life-altering decision to place Christ first did not derive from his success as an athlete, but rather from experience experiencing great loss. After witnessing his high school friend Caleb give God glory in every moment of his battle against cancer, Austin felt deeply convicted. Caleb's life would be remembered for putting his faith first and fully surrendering to Jesus. And because of Caleb's example, Austin felt compelled to change and do the same. In this conversation with Austin, I had so much fun speaking with him about completing his undergrad degree, winning the 2019 NCAA Division II National Championship. Friends remember that incredible game. What it was like to take an unexpected year off from gameplay in 2020. New UWF uniforms, stories behind each of his tattoos, and what to expect from the Argos this season. Every weekend as you pull out your favorite college team's colors, I hope you are reminded of Austin's encouraging words. Without Jesus, we are nothing. This is the foundation on which our faith stands. And friends, I hope you enjoy every single moment of this conversation with Austin. I love his honesty, his heart for people, his love for the Lord. And of course, it is so much fun to watch him and his teammates every Saturday on the football field. Please welcome to Still With You, the quarterback for the University of West Florida Argonauts, number 14, Austin Reed. Austin, thank you so much for coming on the show and making time for this. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Too. I love to, love to talk, especially about religion, all that good stuff. So I'll be, I'll be happy to talk about any of that stuff. Sweet. First, congratulations on graduating. I didn't realize that you were in that state of where you're graduated, like your undergrad. Is that correct? Like you're moving on to your graduate program? Yeah. So I, um, I got a ton of credits done in high school. I dual enrolled. So my high school is right next to this community college uh, called St. John's River State dual enrollment deal where I would like take classes there sometimes. And I'd go do the rest of my day at the high school. So I got like somewhere around like in the high 20s in terms of hours done in, in high school. And then I went to SIU for a year and then two years here and got my undergrad in about three years. Okay. So when we saw on every game, would say freshman, and then we see a picture where you're like, relax, I've got three years left. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, well, congratulations. That takes a ton of hard work. I heard once that you were studying communication for your undergrad. Are you, did you graduate with that? Yeah. So I under, my undergrad was in communications. And so I was going to join the communications uh, master's program, but unfortunately like everything's during the afternoon. Mm. And so I spoke with the advisor and she was like, yeah, it's probably just not the best idea for you to do it. And I was like, I understand. So I decided to go into the online MBA program. What brought you to that field? What is your interest there? My dad, his degrees in business and 
I've talked to so many people and they're like, just, you can use an NBA in so many different ways, like the amount of ways that you can use it. And then we've had a bunch of football players who have done that online NBA program, mm-hmm. like Tate Letio and JC Robles were two of the guys that I knew personally that did it. And so they were like, yeah, it's, it's a good program. It's really nice with football and everything to have that. And so I was like, all right, sure, I'll do it. So yeah, came to that conclusion. You mentioned that, you know, a few of your friends have done that program, but is that common to be a student athlete and also already moving forward in your graduate program? I mean, that feels advanced, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Right. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get it with, especially with the red shirting process in, in college football, you know, you get guys who red shirt that first year and then they get five years of playing football. And so they can easily at least start their master's program in that fifth year. Mm-hmm. And some guys do what I did where they're in done in three and three or three and a half. And so then they can get the program done. I don't know if I expected to be in college for six years, but I mean, just getting as much education out of it as I can, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Take advantage of it while you can. You're originally from St. Augustine. So our friends listening outside of Florida, that's like near Jacksonville, like five hours away from Pensacola. I'm curious, like what brought you to UWF? What was the draw? So when I was in high school, I knew the coaches at UWF pretty well. Like Coach Shinnick? Yeah, like Coach Shinnick, the old quarterbacks coach, Coach Nobles, the old offense coordinator, Coach Dees. So I was very close to them in high school. And then I started to get like Division One offers in high school. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, good luck. If you ever need anything, just let us know. Da, 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 da. And so I was like, I kind of had that connection. So then I went to Southern Illinois University out of high school, spent a year there. And then I just decided it was probably best to transfer from there. And so when I transferred within two hours of putting it out on Twitter that I was transferring, they messaged me. They're like, hey, how you been? Let's start the let's start the process and see if you want to possibly transfer here and wow. talk to them, spoke to them and then came on a visit. And it was just, gosh, Pensacola is amazing. The coaches were amazing. UWF, the campus was awesome and the facilities. And it was just easy draw. That decision, do you feel like God led you to that decision? Like, had you prayed over that? Or was that kind of just like a, I feel like this is the next step. Like what kind of was the reason? And also I'm, anything I asked, you do not have to answer. No, sure, good. Did that kind of hurt your heart in a way to go to division two, whether you had been at division one, or maybe, maybe that doesn't matter. I'm not an athlete, so I don't know that no, world. No, no, you're, you're spot on. No, absolutely. I mean, one of the, one of the hardest things and I've still had trouble getting over is like, I mean, when you, when I think of my experience at SIU, it's hard to not think of it as a failure, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, I did plan a lot of my life around going to SIU. I probably expected to be there four or five years, win the starting job there, go be the quarterback there and things like that. And so obviously there's times where I think about that and I think back on it and I think of it as like a failure. And then I, I try to think about it in, a, in another aspect of, Hey, why did God put me there? Yeah. And so like the things I learned in that, year at Southern Illinois, being on my own, my first year as an adult, becoming a man, you know, I I learned so much in that year that like I value so much to this day that really has kind of molded me into who I am. You know, I really went from being some idiot teenage kid who, which I mean, I still can be at times, but some idiot teenage kid who had thought he had the world by the, I don't have a better lack of terms. So I'm just going to leave that. It's okay. I think we catch the metaphor. You're good. Yeah, yeah. So, and so they um, uh, thought I had the world in my hands and then, you know, went there and you get humbled really quick. You kind of realize how the world works and stuff like that. And it really molded me into being like the man I want to be today. And so I'm super thankful for that. And, you know, I, I transferring from there was one of the harder decisions I ever made because, again, I thought I was going to be viewed as a failure. I thought I was going to have people like, well, you didn't cut it at D1, buddy. So come on down to D2. But, you know, I prayed about it. 
Yeah. I really felt like God was telling me to leave and I, and I felt like he had told me he had a lot greater things planned for me. And so, you know, I, now where are the point I'm at here, I just, I'm so thankful that he did. And I'm so thankful for him bringing me here. And just like, I just love everything about this place. I think the school's amazing. I think football program is just more than I could have ever expected. And I, I love living in Pensacola too. Like I, I think it's awesome here. I, I go home for holidays and stuff. And obviously whenever I can see my family, I try to do that, but I'm in no rush to like leave Pensacola because I just, I think it's great here. And I'm just so thankful for how he's put me here. Well, we're glad that you're here and we're glad for the influence of, you know, Coach Shinnick and the team. And really we're a very multi-faceted community with like military stuff and then beach stuff. And then also we have an amazing football team, which is fairly new. I mean, I moved into here in 2016 and started that exact year. And I mean, I didn't know before then that it had not been around. Right. Still a fairly new program for those who are unfamiliar with UWF. Yeah. I, was, I didn't even hear about UWF until I was, gosh, maybe junior high school. So it is crazy kind of how new it is and how up and coming like the football program is. I have heard a little bit of your testimony. You have been very open about your relationship and your faith in Jesus. I mean, clearly even anyone who sees you like on screen, like they, they can even see like you have tattoos <laughs> and right. um, could you share what one of them is though? Cause I think like some people will watch you this season. They'll be like, okay, I only am like, I'm going to have to pause to see what that is. I'll go with the first one I, I got. Uh, the first one I got was like Philippians 413. I don't know if I'm showing up. I can do all things. Yes, exactly. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so, I mean, I think that's like, you see all these athletes love that one. I mean, that's the go-to little athlete Bible quote. Yeah, but there's a reason why that's a go-to because you need that confidence. We all need the confidence. <laughs> Nothing's better than when I can just look down and that's there and it's a reminder. And so, you know, I was that was the first one I ever got. My mom and dad are very like, don't have tattoos <laughs> or thought about getting tattoos. Like that's not really their deal. And so that's funny. I was like, I want a tattoo. And she was like, what is it? Da, da, da. And I was like, can I, can I get Philippians 413? She's like, well, if you're going to get a tattoo, I guess so. And so for my 18th birthday, I got that. And so, yeah, when we're just a cross a crucifix with John 316 and then Psalm 27, one. Yeah. And then Revelation 213. So I try to keep them all scripture based, you know. Why did you pick Psalms 27 though? I saw a picture of you this morning as I was kind of prepping for this. And I, I read that chapter actually fully through. So it's actually funny. So I get this one spring break when I'm at SIU. Okay. I was kind of considering leaving SIU and I was very afraid of what the next step would be and very afraid of where I would go and would I be a failure? Would I be da da da? And so obviously that scripture is the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And so yeah. that one was really big for me to get because I was, I just like, you know, I just, that for me is huge. You know, I, I'm, I think the devil's greatest tool against us is fear. You know, he can try and cripple us into, into fear of just everyday life and things that can be something that we can accomplish great, you know, in God's name. And so I, I really try to keep that close to my heart when, you know, I feel like he's, he's trying to get at me and he's trying to knock me down and trying to stop me from accomplishing what God has planned. You know, I felt like that was a really good scripture to kind of keep, keep on my heart. I, since again, I read it this morning because you kind of brought it to my attention, but that last verse in that chapter, it says, wait patiently for the Lord, be brave and courageous yet wait patiently. And I think that that's such a layered story of like that God would put that on your heart in the middle of an unknown season where you're like, Hey, what's next? I feel called to leave. This doesn't make sense. I'm D1 going to an alternative program. I mean, do you see that too? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, that, that, that was, it, it was kind of like, you know, I, it was so like 
so I grew up in the Episcopal church, you know, in the Episcopal church, we do a first reading. We usually do a Psalm and then we do the gospel reading. And so it was so funny. Cause like, it was when I was going through that and I, you know, how I say how God works, you know, he'll throw that right in your face when you, yeah. when you're needed the most. And so the, the Psalm reading for this one Sunday, when I was thinking about that decision was Psalm 27. Oh my gosh. That's funny how he does that all the time. You know, you're right when you yeah. like that, he throws it right in front of you. And so, yeah. I also learned that a part of your story actually deals with um, a season of loss and grief for your best friend's brother. In hearing that, I'm so sorry for your loss and that of your friend, but I can't help but think the legacy and like how God even turned something that was so heartbreaking and it is using it for good. Like even through the conversation we're having right now, like is part of what um, Caleb left in his life. And would you mind sharing a little bit about that if you're open to it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of like how that helped you in spurring you forward with your faith. I love talking about Caleb. I always want to talk about Caleb. I never want to shy away from I hope when I'm 60 years old, people are still asking me about Caleb Farrell. You know, he was just awesome friend. You know, him and him and his brother, his brother was is my best friend in the world, probably be the best man at my wedding, lives with me here at in Pensacola and goes to UWF doesn't play sports, but he's still here living with me. Like it's my best friend in the world. And so Caleb was also one of my better friends, you know, growing up in middle school, we were super tight and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, was my starting center for JV football at St. Augustine high school. And, you know, just, he, unfortunately we just got really bad headaches, started getting super sick and freshman year and everybody was like, man, what's up? And so he got diagnosed with a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. It was cancerous. And so he, Actually, amazing thing. He goes and he beats it. And it's unbelievable. The spring of our sophomore year, Caleb actually comes back and plays lacrosse with all of us. It's unbelievable. Like we never thought he'd play sports again. And he comes back and plays lacrosse. And then unfortunately, junior year, it comes back. Summer going into our senior year of high school, he passed. And I mean, it was just it was super difficult. I mean, it was so difficult for Daryl. I would never try to fill the void that Caleb left, but I feel like in a way, my friendship with Daryl and the brotherhood that we have is, has comforted him yeah. in a way. All that being said, you know, what, what I really took from, from Caleb was just like how I watched a kid like who could have so many times like looked at God, raised his fist and said, why? Like, what are you doing? Why me? What have I done wrong? And just never once, you know, I saw everybody else around him do that. And the one kid who wouldn't do that was him. And, you know, and the one kid that still went out there and his sophomore year talked about how great it was that God let him beat cancer. And, you know, and then how his junior year, how he was going to beat it again. And he never once complained. He never once blamed God. And, you know, he and almost like used like the platform that he had been given, which is a little, not, not the best, like, not like given a platform for cancer, but like, obviously it was news because he had beat it and he was a part of the football program and stuff. So, I mean, God put him on a platform for a reason and, and he spread the gospel. And, you know, I, I'm 100% convinced he's up there in heaven right now, smiling down. Yeah. I, I realized kind of at times how selfish I was, you know, and how I, how I complained about the just minute things and just how I like, you know, didn't use the moments I had to proclaim God's name in the right way. And I took things for granted and how I just, com- the complaints about the smallest things. And so when he, when he passed and, you know, it still kind of took me a little minute, like it wasn't like the minute he passed this light, this light switch turned on, but when he passed, you know, it just kind of had this, this good effect on me that like, eventually I kind of came to grips with it and understood why it happened and how he handled it. And, you know, I've tried to kind of model my life, how he did, and just try to live my life to where people look at me and say, wow, he just never complains. He's never upset. He, he used every bad, good thing to 
use it for God's glory. And so I just, yeah, that's the kind of effect he had on me. And I, you know, I'm thankful for a lot of people in my life spiritually who led me down this path, but you know, that what, what happened to Caleb and the way he handled it and the effect he had on my life is one of the greater that a lot of people has ever had. You mentioned that you had been, you felt like you had acted selfish, changing your life majorly, or even just walking towards more towards like Christ. It's hard. Like it comes with a cost. And I love part of your story is that like after you felt God working in your heart, that like you said, you asked people into your life to help you. Like you decided not to do it alone. Like I heard that you'd even reached out to your pastor and was like, hey, I need to meet with you because God's doing something and I need some accountability. Like I need some encouragement. Like, what do you mm-hmm. say to our friends or, you know, even me, like if God's doing something in your heart, like, and you feel like you need an army of people to, or even just a few trusted friends, like how do we start with that? I always think of like, I try to, because I feel like, you know, the way Jesus spoke to us, he spoke through parables. So when I try to like talk about my, my faith and things, like I try to compare it to everyday things, you know, people would understand. So like, when I try to compare it as if like you work out by yourself, right? You'll never work out as hard as if you're with a group of people working out yeah. kind of like, getting after each other, you know, pushing each other, that kind of thing. You know, it's, it's said multiple times in the Bible that there's no such thing as a lone, lone wolf Christian, you know, like that do things on my own. I just mm-hmm. read it. And so I think like fellowship and all that's super important. You know, I just think if you find the right type of Christian, because I mean, I think in everything you do, there's always going to be people that aren't doing it the right thing. And so, yeah, there may be judgmental Christians and there may be yeah. who don't spread the word the right way. You know, if you find the right ones, they're never going to judge you for things that you feel for how you've been through things. And for me, that was, that was my pastor, Father Ken. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people about my faith and stuff like that, but no, I've never gotten onto the deep level of it and how like actually like multi-layered and complex your faith is like I did my pastor back on Father Ken. And I'm super thankful for him. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have people to talk to about things. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I slip up like I, like just a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting there complaining about having to wake up and go to six 30 workouts in the morning. And I, like a couple of days in a row, I was like, gosh, I can't keep doing this. Da, da, da. Somebody corrected me and they're like, Hey, like you, you get to do that. You're, you're blessed. You, you're allowed to do that. You know how many people would love to be doing that? You know how many people would love to be in your shoes? And so, I mean, like, it's one of those things where it's like, you're not going to be perfect, but the people around you kind of keep you on the right path. Yeah. No one has a better view of what's going on from, except for the person who's looking from the outside in. You're never going to be like knowing exactly what you're doing wrong. And so like, I feel like if you have somebody there who you hold accountable and they hold you accountable, that's like a great thing to have. And it's contagious because look at the hard work by you being vulnerable and saying, hey, I need help. I mean, it affects your teammates, your family, your roommate, like everyone around you. I know that you and I just met, but I've listened and I've followed the season. Like I've followed your team. And if football is the vehicle for people to know Jesus, if being a student transferring, if any kind of life decisions, anyone can fill in the blank. I know that yours is more than just football. There's more to you than that. But I'm just saying like, you've allowed God to enter that space. And that's really encouraging. Like I said, that's contagious. I've always talked about, you know, if, if this is how God wants to use me, I mean, it's, it's a plus that I really enjoy playing football, but you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I definitely won't complain because I, I love playing football. I love that competitive aspect of it. I think I, it fills a, a need that I have in my life because I'm a very competitive person, very just love that. And so, yeah. I love football and I'm, I'm thankful if that's the way he wants to use me to use me. But I've always just said, you know, just if this is what you want to use for me for, like do it, you know, like let me get in front of as many people as I can and, and, and talk about you and just bring recognition to you and like try and, and bring people closer. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, like the reason we're here is to spread the gospel, you know, and that's just, 
Like there's a lot of other things that a lot of people like always question, like, why am I here? What's our point? You know, I feel like that's a very multi-layered question. And it's a very hard question to answer, but I think it all comes down to like, Hey, God breathe life into you so that you could breathe life into others. And so like, I'm, yeah. I'm not the one that's going to convert you. And I'm not the one that's going to bring God into your heart. But if I just at least bring it to you, then God does. And so that's what I just try to do every day. And that's why that's what my mission in life is to try and do. Well, you're doing a great job. Hey friends, I'm interrupting my conversation with Austin to share with you some news from one of our favorite friends of the show, folk indie artist Gabrielle Grace. We love her because on every episode of season four, she so generously shares her music with us. At the beginning and end of each episode, we play her song, We'll Be Alright, from her latest EP. And right now, you're listening to her song, 221. I absolutely adore her and all of the work that she does. I am so excited to be partnering with her in sharing her latest project. She is working on a new full-length album. There are two sides to everything and she needs our help. This month she is hosting a Kickstarter campaign to help support the project and if you would like to donate you can go to gabriellegracemusic.net to give. There is also a link for the Kickstarter campaign in the show notes of this episode and for anyone who gives she is handing out some exclusive merch and stickers and access to music. There is just a bundle of goodies waiting there for you. And so I do hope that you go and support Gabrielle as she bravely steps out in obedience working on this new project. There are two sides to everything. I cannot wait to hear every single song from the new album. And you know she is coming back on the show to spill the tea on all the stories behind the songs. I love this friend and I am honored to be partnering with her in supporting this new project. And it would be so generous of you you to do the same. Again, you can visit gabriellegracemusic.net or you can simply find the link in the show notes for this episode by visiting coleybrowning.com. Go support Gabrielle's Kickstarter campaign and I am totally excited for how God is going to use this. Let me talk about 2020. I can't imagine what the shutdown must have been like for you all, especially coming off the high of having won a national championship. And then it goes from like sky high to level zero. So what was that like for you? Like, what did that do to your heart? Yeah, you know, it was it was tough. You know, we talked earlier about the shaking your fist thing. I don't know if I was full, what are you doing, God? What's wrong with you? But I, I think there was probably a couple of moments where I was like, hey, man, I'm kind of losing vision of the plan here, dude. I don't, I don't know what you got going on. What's your whole plan for all this stuff? But, you know, I just yeah. I tried to trust God's plan. I tried to I tried to understand that he had a reason for doing all this. And, you know, I, it was I mean, I'd be lying if I said it didn't suck. It was it was really, really bad. I mean, I hated I hated not being able to play. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really on a Saturday when I'd wake up and I'd watch Florida play Georgia. And that was the toughest part is when you were seeing other guys play. Uh-huh. I can't even imagine. <laughs> it was a really tough season of my life. And I mean, I, like I said, I don't know if I'll in this lifetime ever figure out why it happened. Mm-hmm. I hope to find out in the next one, but you know, I just, it was tough. I'm not gonna lie. There was a lot of moments where I'm just sitting here like, man, what am I doing? Like, what are, what's, what's this, what are we doing here? Yeah. Cause there's no end goal. Like there's nothing on the horizon. You're just like, did you still just show up and just continue working out even where I'm like, I don't know when this ends. Yeah. We still, we worked out, practiced all fall, worked out and practiced all spring, you know, it's, and now they're, 
Uh, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get political or anything like that. I'm not going to go down that. Yeah. But like now they're talking about like, Hey, if you don't get vaccinated, you have to still follow like, Hey, you can get contact traced and we're still going to test you. It's just really tough when you don't really see an end in, in sight for this thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those things where you just got to take it day by day and hope that eventually that, that it'll get back to complete normality. I know at least, and I'm just thankful that we're even back to the point where I can go to blues weekend and I can be around everybody in, in the state of Florida at that weekend. Yeah. I'm thankful that we're at least moving forward. I congratulated you on graduating, but also congratulations on a national championship. That is so exciting. And again, I felt like me being just a part of the community, like we all were just walking a little higher the next day, like (laughs) walking taller. We were just so excited. It was so much fun to just walk with you guys through that. Congratulations on that. I'm glad that we have a schedule for this next year. I'm so excited. What are you most looking forward to? Um, you know, I, I think McNeese State week one, being an FCS D1 opponent will be will be fun. You know, I think that's a great test to kind of open up the season. You know, obviously, I'm I, going in there expecting to win, and I think we got the team to do it. You know, it's not the end-all, be-all, and it'll give us a nice little gauge of where our team is at. And I'm super excited for that. Our first game on campus will be week two, you know, at Penn Air yeah. against Southwest Baptist. That'll be an awesome opportunity to kind of do that. Which that's new. New field. I'm so excited for that. We're kind of excited to see how that comes about and the excitement that comes around that. And we're, we're, we're all pretty like excited to see where that goes. You know, that should be, that should be a fun little deal. Yeah. So the first home game, it's a blue out. So everyone please wear blue. And can we talk about the new uniforms? Cause I watched the promo that you did with DeAnthony and those are sharp. I love the Navy cap sleeves. How do you feel about them? I think they're sick. When Drew Tranum, our equipment manager, showed me them for the first time, I got like huge, the Dallas Cowboys, like alternate jersey vibes. I didn't even think of that. That's true. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, if you look them up, just look up the Dallas Cowboys alternate ones and you'll see the, yeah, I thought they were super cool at that. And then um, I thought they were awesome. I think Drew did a phenomenal job. I really like them. I think it's going to be a nice little offset from like the stormtrooper whites that we wore during the whole playoff run. Yeah. That little we had for him. I, I enjoyed that nickname. I thought that was a fun nickname. So I kind of kept calling him that, but yeah, um, we really, uh, really liked him. So yeah, I think they're cool. You're number 14. When you go to a college, do you, are you assigned a uniform or do you get to pick? It's kind of one of those deals where like, it depends on like, this is going to sound really messed up, but it's like kind of dependent on like how valuable you are to the team. Like when you get to pick a number, Obviously, like the starters and stuff will get to pick numbers first. Obviously, then like you'll you, you know you'll get your older guys will kind of get to pick numbers. You're on your guys. Okay. Usually, like if you're going to be on the field a lot more, you'll probably get to pick your number first. There was no 14 when I transferred in, and they were like, "Do you want 14?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." So I wore it all through high school. I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" So it wasn't even like a. They were just like, "Hey, we don't have a 14. Do you want it?" And I was like, "Yeah, I guess so, sure." So that was kind of how I got it here. But like anywhere you go in the country, it'll kind of be like, "Okay, the starters will get to pick their numbers because they're on the field a lot." And then down from there. Another random question. Sometimes we'll see you all have like a white, it's like a white armband. And I've seen yours, but I've seen other people have different stuff on too. Yours says like A01. Mm-hmm. What does that mean when we see that? Audience of one. Okay. So it's not like a player. Cause I was like, is this a technical yeah. thing or like, what is yeah. this? Okay. It's definitely Jesus. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I wore those two white ones. Then we have the play wristbands, but yeah, on the two white ones I have, yeah, I just wrote AO1 on both of them. Oh, that makes me so happy to see that. Okay, well, now everyone can be looking for that and know that it's not like something that you're being reminded of to do. Like, well, you are right. reminded, but not in a play way or something. It's been cool 
cool because I've had conversations with like players from other teams who have been like, hey, I like noticed your tattoos, noticed your like the what you got written on your wristband. Just want to say like, hey, like that's cool and like appreciate seeing someone else like who's trying to like spread the faith and that kind of deal. So that's having moments like that with guys like after games, after you competed, like it gets pretty competitive and aggressive out when you're competing but like having moments like that after you compete with a guy like that and be able to spread and, sh- and talk about that kind of stuff is really cool that's amazing okay couple more things to wrap this up because i know you are definitely busy and you've been so generous to like hang out with me but i heard just in a random interview that you like away games more than home games is that true yeah why it doesn't that make you so nervous i mean honestly i don't even know how you do what you do be- or any of the guys it makes me nervous watching i can't imagine being actual players but go ahead <laughs> sorry <laughs> I love Blue Wahoo. I think Blue Wahoo is phenomenal. I think it's awesome. I was super skeptical at first because I was like, oh my God, it's a baseball stadium. Uh, so was I. I was skeptical too. <laughs> Turned out it's really nice. And I really enjoy it. If anyone's ever met me, like I'm like almost like borderline. I'm kind of borderline, like overly competitive. I have to like know when to turn it down. Cause like I've gotten in major arguments with my girlfriend because we'll be playing a sport and she'll be like, awesome. I'm not one of your football buddies. Like turn it down. I'll be like, all right, fair enough. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm borderline like over, over like competitive. I love going into away games because like we get to go in there and like beat a team in front of their fans and then their fans have to go home unhappy and we get to watch all their fans like walk unhappy. Like for me, that's one of the better feelings in the world. It's like so satisfying because I'm like, all right, yep. See you guys later. Hope you enjoyed it. Like it's, it's so messed up, but like, I just love that. I love going into a state. Like everybody there wants to see you fail and like hates your guts and then you go win and you beat them you send them home like that's just it's it's in a messed up way i find that very fun no that's not messed up that is like a metaphor i mean people walk through that like even off the football field where people want to be dragged down yeah so i get that that's crazy. This is why you're like the man for the job. That's so cool to be watching someone like walk in their calling. Thank you very much. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you so much. How can we pray for you this season? Like when you look at the 2021-2022 season, like how do we help pray for you? First off, if anyone ever does pray for me, I just the amount that I appreciate that is just so much. And I think that to, to pray for someone is like the ultimate act of love that you can show someone. And so anyone who even thinks about or even does pray for me, like that would be unbelievable. But you know, it's just with a season like like what we go through, you know, it's just super mentally exhausting. You know, it's super taxing on on I think it's more taxing on your mental than it is your physical. And so I mean if you, if you could ever pray for me, you know, I just it would be to pray for me to like remind myself and keep that drive and to, and understand why I'm doing what I'm doing and to keep my mind and into the goal that I have in place, which is what we've talked about, you know, to keep God at the forefront and use that platform that I'm, that I'm given to, to spread the gospel. So like just praying for me just to keep my focus on why I'm doing what I'm doing and to keep me excited to keep doing that every single day, probably. Yeah. And I'll add to that, like health and safety over all your people. Cause it, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Have you definitely. faced any injuries before? I've broken four of the five fingers on this hand. Oh. My throwing hand surprises. See, I got this thumb. You see, it doesn't straighten out unless I go like that. Uh-huh. So that's a fun little party trick I got. And then, <laughs> then I broke these two fingers. I broke this pin. Uh-huh. Um, I had ankle surgery after the 2019 season, uh, just from a couple pieces of bone that chipped off the ankle back then during the season. Wow. Kept floating around during the season. But yeah, I've thankfully, God willing, I've never had anything major, like yeah. breakage of a bone or a huge tear of a ligament. So 
I pray that continues that way, but yeah. Okay. So we're going to pray for the gospel to continue, but also major health and safety (laughs) for all of y'all. The podcast is called still with you. It comes from Psalms 139, 18, which just says like, and when I wake up, I'm still with you. And I always close every conversation by asking one of our friends um, this question. So I'll ask you, Austin, where is God still with you? You know, I think he's just still with me in, in every step that I take day and day and night. I want somebody to see me in a grocery store. And for some reason, one way or another, they just know that I, I have something different going on in my life. Yeah. And I want them to, to see me and they want to ask. I want them to have to ask, what do you got going on that I need some of? And then I can just hopefully say, here's how Jesus has impacted my life. And, you know, for me, that's how deal with me each and every day. You know, he just, I just, he's there in my heart and in my actions. And you can just, you know, I love the saying, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Oh, it's so good. I love that. And I want people to know the way I love others and, and, and brotherly love and sisterly love and the way that I walk through my life. You know, I want people to be like, what does he have that I need? And then I can be like, this is how God is with me every single day. And this is how he's made my life so much better. And so that's how he's still with me every day. That's amazing. Well, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your sacrifice. And um, thank you for, you know, making it fun for all of us and your hard work. Congratulations again, graduating and national championship, new season. And also just for the man of God that you are. We really appreciate it. So, oh, yeah. And please come back. Like you're welcome on here anytime. I'm I'm super excited that we are connected. Thank you. I thank you for having me. You know, I love speaking about this kind of stuff and talking about this stuff. I just feel myself get happier and like my life just feels so much better when I speak about things like this. So yeah, I love it. Thank you for letting me come on and speak and just hopefully I can come back because I enjoyed it. Oh, please. Anytime. You're welcome to. Y'all, how much fun was that? It was so awesome being able to speak with Austin about this upcoming season. If you have not already purchased your UWF tickets for a few games, if not all games, you can do so by going to goargos.com. And if you want to follow Austin on Instagram, you can follow him at godisgreat14. I will leave all the links and ways that you can connect with him in the show notes of this episode on my website, coleybrowning.com. Please reach out to him and say thank Thank you so much for making time to be on the podcast. And once again, to you, thank you so much for being a part of Still With You this week. It is always so much fun to come together as a family of friends, near and far between. I love you all so much, and I am just so excited to continue doing this. It's literally the best, and God is so good. If you need to reach me, again, you can visit my website, coleybrowning.com, or you can connect with me on social media. My handle is coleybrowning, and I would love to encourage encourage you, pray for you. If there's anything that I can do, please let me know. And until we hang out next week, go out into the world and be bold, be brave, be you. And remember that he is still with you.